This is where kindness lives. Nextdoor's global podcast, your one-stop shop for all things kind. Here's your host, Jenny Sager. We're back with more of international cricketer and Indian music star Brett Lee. We're going to hear from one of his close celebrity friends a bit later, but let's pick it up where I ask Brett about the international women's game and how important it is to grow and thrive. Firstly, I think it's great what the um, the girls have achieved. They are absolute legends of the game uh, and finally getting the actual recognition that they should have gotten years ago. You know, when you think about what the Aussies were doing in terms of the men, that like big crowds, but you got so many young girls that would come to the game and they wanted to look up to someone. You know, we had Elise Perry who was the, mm-hmm. the golden girl of cricket. Now they've got so many other uh, icons that they can look forward to. So now at the Big Bash when we talk about cricket, T20 cricket, there are probably more young girls going to watch the game than the young boys. And I think it's important that we cater for that because girls want to play sport too and girls want to play cricket. And if that's the, the sort of, um, you know, chosen sport that they want to play, let's back them. So now they've got the the understanding of that they actually are getting that exposure that they should be getting. The girls are getting paid better. I mean, you know, we're talking about the Indian Premier League now for, for women, um, the, the WPL, um, as they call it. You know, a couple of these girls getting 500K yeah. and that would have not happened two or three years ago, even 12 months ago. Yeah. So they train as hard as the guys and they've also probably got a full-time job because cricket back then paid nothing to be yeah. a female athlete, but they're athletes. They are, they are dedicating the this, this same amount of uh, time that the guys would do, but finally they're getting that recognition. Yeah, it's so good to see. And I think it's now cricket is, I think, the second most played sport in the world, isn't it? Yeah. I think football's the After first. Football, and then, yeah. Yeah, yeah it's amazing. Well, it just goes down, I suppose, to how many people watch football. And, you know, we think about how passionate the subcontinent people are about, um, you know, cricket. But, yeah, football's massive. So, Brett, we do a, a segment in this podcast called the Kind Neighbor Callout. We actually have nice. a really special neighbor on the line for you today who pulled up in his big red car. Say hello, Greg. G'day, Binger. How are you, mate? Hello, Paige. How you doing, mate? Yeah, really well, mate. Yes, I must say you are one kind neighbour. You're a good guy, mate. You're a good man, mate. I've polished that red car a few times for you, mate, so. Yeah, I know. Yeah, and bring the rubbish in for me. You do so many good things. (laughs) How does a wiggle become friends with a cricketer anyway, Greg? Oh, well, it's funny because when you're a musician and you love cricket, and when you're a cricketer who loves music, you find common passion. So Peter right and I hit it off. We've known each other, I don't know, 23 years or something. Yep. Yeah. It's, been, it's been a long time. And I remember it was at, the, at the SCG, we, we caught up and, you know, we're talking about cricket, talking about music, and uh, we're both obviously massive Elvis Presley fans as well. So going over to Paige's house and uh, had the pleasure to drive Elvis Presley's last uh, car, didn't we, Paige? Yeah, the Cadillac, yeah. That was great, oh mate. Oh, my gosh, that is crazy. All right, Brett, favourite Wiggle song. Let's hear it. Well, it's funny when you've got um, the kids that have all come through. Uh, I know most of the songs from the Wiggles. I could uh, could play Hot Potato, I could play, um, you know, Toot Toot, Chugga Chugga, Big Red Car, <laughs> the, whole, the whole thing. And it's it's been, it's it's funny, we've had a couple of nights with, some close friends with their kids and kids go to bed and here we are after a couple of beverages singing um, the Wiggles tunes. The kids are asleep, so 
just goes to show how ca- how, how catchy it was. <laughs> um, on a serious note, though, you guys have both shared an experience that was really, really hard to take in, obviously, Greg, with your own cardiac arrest. And Brett, you were witness to some pretty scary situations. Mm. Um, how did you two come about and, and start working together? Yeah, well, look, after I survived a sudden cardiac arrest, I started up a charity called Heart of the Nation. And, um, you know, not too long after I started up that charity, same year, uh, Binger, you were in a situation where you needed to do CPR. Yeah. And really, that that common uh, experience, uh, although the outcomes were different in both situations, um, I remember talking to Brett just after he had to do CPR on a very close friend. Uh, he made a commitment to help support me with my mission with Heart of the Nation to get more people in Australia to learn how to do CPR and to have a go. And you know, Bing has been a great friend over the years and now he's a great ambassador trying to help spread this message and, and this, uh, you know, support the cause, which I'm extremely grateful for. Yeah, look, uh, uh, thanks for that, Paige. You know, I also think that when when I heard the news about Greg Page, I was like, no way. So Texas straight away and the, the great outcome was that someone in the audience knew how to do CPR but have a defibrillator and uh, not many places have got them and that's one thing that we've tried to sort of make sure that everyone's got like an AED, you know, at, at hand because if it wasn't for that, Paige, you, you know, would not be here chatting with us right now. And then when I went through that that horrible sort of situation over in India where we lost um, Dean Jones, which was horrendous, and it was, you know, if, if it would have been a heart attack, it would have been a different outcome because we had the defib there and I knew um, all about it. I actually, a, a couple of years before that, I went out and bought a defib and everyone said, why are you buying a defib for? I said, well, I might have to use it one day. So I bought one for home, one for the farm um, where I love spending time down there. And the other thing, if you get bitten by a snake, you're 45 minutes to an hour away from, you know, an ambulance and one for mum and dad's. So I knew and I did some research on how to use it. So I was, I was quite skilled in that regard how to use it. But the other thing is, as what Greg keeps saying is that, just, yeah, just have to have a crack. you just got yeah. to commit to doing it. You don't know how to – even if you don't know how to use a defib, it's pretty self-explanatory. Um, put a seatbelt on, you know, below the, the heart and over the right shoulder. And because of what I went through and because of the chats that we had over the phone and then caught up in person, I said, look, I'd, I'd love to be involved and, and help out what Paige is doing. And Greg, what's what's the next step? What are you hoping to accomplish and what can people take away if they're going to go out tomorrow and, and do one thing? Uh, if you do one thing, it is be prepared. So either learn CPR or and or get an AED because up to 80% of cardiac arrests happen at home. So we're talking about good neighbours. One thing you can do as a community is get together and raise funds to have an AED in your street, in your neighbourhood where people can access it when needed because an AED is the missing link in the chain of survival for so many cases of cardiac arrest. So if we can have more people having access to an AED, in the home where 80% of cardiac arrests occur, we can see many more people survive. So that's my call to action. Okay. Well, there you go to all the neighbors listening around the world. Just get out, give it a crack, as you said, Mm. and also just be the first one to get one in your neighborhood. Before we let you go, um, again, this is, as you know, all about kindness. You've been a guest on this podcast before too. Tell us something kind about Brett. You know, one thing that has always struck me about Brett Binger, as I call him, um, is he is such a genuine person. Like sometimes 
you see people on TV and they're not at all like that in real life. But if you've seen Brett Lee on TV or anywhere in the world, he is that and a hundred times more. He's such a genuine, kind, caring person and he is so loyal. That, that's one thing I'd say about Binger. His loyalty as a friend, he's always been there. For 23 years, even though we don't always see each other, after 23 years we can just pick up a conversation and carry on because he is a genuine person and I love that about Binger. Thanks, Poji. Well, you've got him blushing over here. Yeah, he has. Uh, so, all right, your turn, Brett. What, what, what have you got for Pagey? Well, Pagey has um, has been on everyone's TVs uh, for the last 30 years or so with the, the kids growing up and the big kids have, have, have all been through it and bringing a lot of joy and, and, and love to, you know, through, through music. But it's also what he's done obviously since, um, you know, not having the Wiggles, I guess, or not being with the Wiggles sort of full time, but also what he's been through with his own experience. So, you know, Paige now changing the lives of so many people, educating people, making them aware of how important it is to have a that awareness. We did our CPR course together actually. Oh, no way. Um, but just, you know, through his hard work and dedication to this cause and, you know, to educate people about AEDs, he's going to save a lot of lives. So the fact that, you know, you can be on TV and talk about cricket, it's, it's fun, it's exciting. To be able to talk about saving someone or changing someone's life, it's uh, it's it is life changing, and he's done that. He's saved so many lives already, and we've got we've got more to do, haven't we, Pagey? Yeah, mate. And look, I'll just add to that that you know part of Binger's kindness is the fact that he's giving up his time to help support this cause. You know, it's such a huge thing for somebody of Brett's caliber and uh, profile to be able to do that. And I'm so grateful for that. And I tell him all the time. Uh, he probably thinks I, I don't mean it because I say it so often, but I'm just I'm so. Um, blown away by how humble Binger is and the fact that he'll spend some time to help this cause is so appreciated. Well, thanks so much, Greg, for dialing in. We'll chat to you soon. Pleasure. Thank you so much. Where Kindness Lives will be back in a moment. Right now, everyone is feeling the pinch when it comes to cost of living pressures. Did you know you can earn extra cash on Nextdoor? Just look around your home. Find the things you don't use or want anymore and simply post them on for sale and free you'll find that your trash is another neighbor's treasure. So we've heard from Greg. Now we're going to hear from some neighbors right around Australia. We actually put a call out on Nextdoor to see what neighbors around Australia wanted to find out from you. So these questions come, came in first from Eddie P. Do you go and see live music? And if so, who do you like to see? Hi, Eddie P. Uh, I love live music. I had the pleasure to, to go and watch Noiseworks just recently, which was a lot of fun. And a few months ago, I was down at Barrel and and caught up and uh, saw Crowded House, who you know when the, anyone's ever had the chance to to listen to a Crowded House song or see him live, Neil Finn is an absolute guru. So uh, I love live music. So legendary. I mean, they're absolutely amazing. Um, okay, from Sandy R. If you could talk to your twenty year old self, what advice would you give? Hey, Sandy. Uh, probably just to be patient, I guess, and. When you're in your 20s or, or 20 years ago, whatever it might be, you almost feel like if you make one little error, and for me playing sport, and, you know, you might read the press and think everyone's against you, everything will be okay in the end. You just got to back back yourself, trust yourself, but just be patient. Give yourself a bit more time than what you think and and commit to what you're doing. So I actually wouldn't change anything in my life. I think that, you know, the good, good times, the bad times, I've learned so much but it makes you who you know who you are and i guess guide you 
Awesome advice. Absolutely excellent. Love that. Okay, Tom B., after finishing with cricket, what are your top three priorities today? Hey, Tom. Well, family's always come first, so family is still the top of the tree. Um, three, Three amazing kids, beautiful wife, and very lucky to have a great family, so family first. Um, enjoying doing my broadcasting and doing stuff with with Fox Sports here in Australia and doing some work overseas and still playing a little bit of Masters cricket, even though my body at 46 doesn't really agree <laughs> with uh, how much cricket it wants me to play. So, yeah, the fact I'm still in amongst cricket from a broadcasting point of view, playing a little bit of cricket, um, but, yeah, just spending some quality times with, with, with the family, which is, as I said, the most important. And, and a little bit of music in there somewhere. Yes. Okay, from Libby, what's your favourite memory of Shane Warne? Hey, Libby. Uh, there's been so many great memories uh, from from Shane Warne. What an amazing legacy that he left. Probably the one that was one of the first memories from, from Shane Warne was on my first test match, 1999, Boxing Day test, 100,000 people at the Melbourne Creek ground. So we're walking down from the members to get on the ground to – announced the team. So Steve Waugh was our captain and it was out of myself and Michael Kasperwitz to to get that nod, to get that opportunity to play. Kasper had played before, but I was trying to get my baggy green for the first time and be on debut. And I was walking at second last and Warney turned around and said, hey, Binger, um, just let you know that you've been picked. But when Tugger, Steve Waugh, when uh, Tugger tells you, just just make out you haven't been told yet. <laughs> So Warney was always the one to spoil something, always wanted to be the first in with any news or what was going on. So, yeah, so Warney uh, broke it to me that I'd been picked in the test team and I had this big beaming smile and they're all looking at me going, why is this guy smiling so much? He doesn't even know the team yet, but I did. Oh, that's so hilarious. And that's I typical just, Warney. Oh, my God. I loved – I actually was lucky enough to meet him several times and he was just so funny. Like yeah. just, just loved to laugh. Good just man. So I didn't even realise to halfway through – uh, my cricketing career with him that he had one blue eye and one green eye. Oh. Not many people know that. No, I don't think – I feel like no one ever talks about that. There you Interesting. go. Interesting. Okay, a couple more from Balaji. What is your advice for children who want to become fast bowlers? Hey, Balaji. The first thing I'd do for a young fast bowler coming through is I'd take the cricket ball out of their hand and people go, well, how's that going to make them a better bowler? I would get them on a sprint training. So my mother was a sprinter. I'd work on how quickly they can run between A and B, so maybe work on some 100-metre sprints, get their technique right, which will then increase their their power. So a lot of fast bowlers get their pace on the pitch through their run-up. So imagine an A380 trying to take off. A380 can't take off in the space of 10, 15 metres. You need that beautiful, you know, long approach, um, but definitely running fast is the key. So work hard on their on their sprint training and then obviously their technique with bowling. God, I know what I'm going to be talking to my 12-year-old about tonight. He's in the wrong sport. He's a state sprinter and he's playing rugby. Okay. There you go. He should be playing cricket. All right. From Gervinder, would love to know who is the toughest batsman that you bowled to in your career? Hi, Gervinder. Definitely Sachin Tendulkar, you know, the little master. Not not the tallest batsman going around, but um, that lower center of gravity. The thing I always try to explain to, to people around the world why Sachin Tendulkar was so good it's time he had more time than any other batsman. So it almost felt like he was standing further away from me when I was bowling. So 22 yards, um, stands obviously in, on the pop increase in front of the stumps. It felt like Sachin Tendulkar was batting behind the stumps. That's how much time he had, and that just comes down to natural ability. God, 
definitely one of the best of all time, I would say. Okay. I love this question from David. Where did the idea of the chainsaw come from? Uh, David, thank you. It it sort of evolved into the chainsaw. Uh, (laughs) You know, I look back at these celebrations and think, what an idiot. What what was I thinking? What was I doing? But I was doing that when I was playing for Campbelltown, then moved to Mossman uh, in terms of cricket clubs. But it started at it was a knockout punch. I was doing like a knockout and then someone said to me, what are you knocking out gnomes or something because <laughs> it's very low the ground. Someone on TV then said it looks like a chainsaw. So then I started became the, 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 the chainsaw and over in India they reckon it looks like I'm starting up a rickshaw or a tuk-tuk. So I've kept the chainsaw and, uh, yeah, it's funny now that you see some other fast bowlers, they'll copy it and they'll do the chainsaw. I thought that, that's, that's, uh, that's pretty, pretty cool. cool. Yeah, it's pretty cool. It's definitely pretty cool. Okay, two more two more from Arshad. Which form of cricket did you love playing the most, test, ODI, or T20? Hello, Arshad. Uh, well, for me it was – I didn't really have the choice because it, I wasn't picking – you know, T20 started in 2006 for us. So for me it was always test cricket, wanting to wear the baggy green cap, um, want to play the longer form out of the game which I think is the right format of the game. And I love 50-over cricket. I love T20 cricket. But test cricket is called test cricket because it tests everything. It tests your character, tests your courage, it tests your your skill, your endurance. It's hard work. And that's the reason why I love test cricket. You know, you can play five days and have a draw. And as an American, it's very hard for people to, to fathom you play five days and no one wins. Yeah, that is still very hard for me to fathom. It's very, and it's hard for us sometimes as well, but it's it's a challenge. And you can win off the last ball. And te- Test Creek is definitely the, you know, the best uh, format. Yeah, interesting. Okay, and last question from Philip. What's the biggest life lesson you learned from playing international cricket? Hello, Philip. Um, probably the biggest life lesson was to – not always read the press. I, I think back to, I think it was about 2005 or six, and I'd, I'd had a pretty ordinary, you know, couple of weeks back to back. I wasn't bowling well. I had a bit of an injury, but I knew I was, I was below my par. And so I get up in the morning, we're playing uh, a one day in Sydney here against India. And back page is Lee has to go, or Lee's rubbish. His time's up. He should be dropped whatever the, the headline was. And so I've read and I've thought, oh, that's, that's wrong. And then you sort of you get frustrated and, you think, and, and it's almost like one part wants to go to prove that back page wrong but also prove that you can still do it. And I went, well, you know what, stuff it. I'm going to go out there and just do, just do as I can, just do the best I can. I hit a six off the last ball to win the game with my batting, which wasn't always going to happen. And then the next morning – Lee, the hero, he's here to stay. <laughs> and so I've got it. I've got the two clippings at home side by side and I thought how fickle sometimes the media can be if you read too much into that, that first day, the morning off, and if that second part didn't happen, what would I be thinking? So the life lesson is is, is don't read too much about the press and uh, just back yourself. Okay, last question, Brett. Just want to bring it back to kindness. If there are three takeaways for people listening, whether it's about being kind to yourself or being kind to others, what advice do you have? Well, firstly, kind to others is, you know, it's a massive cliche, but it's true. Always, always treat people the way that you want to be treated. Like if you're a, if, if you're short with someone or you're frustrated with someone, um, what's the point? You know, I'll, I'll bring it back to cricket. 
if there are 100 people lining up to get a photo and you get through and you're in your, your 80th person, 90th or whatever, and you might be frustrated, I've got to have to get going, the, the bus is leaving or the aeroplanes, whatever it might be, right? I'm just giving it a, just a general example. The person who's last in line or second last in line is as important as the first person. So always treat people with respect, always give them the time of day, but also give yourself a chance as well. You know, it's it's also fine to take some time out. If you want to have a rest and and do something a little bit different, everyone needs to hit the reset button occasionally. So give yourself a moment, whether it's to go for a 10-minute walk, 50-minute walk. I love my fishing <laughs> because I can fish by myself and there's no one around me. So be kind to others and others will generally be pretty kind to you. Excellent. Well, you've certainly done that today. You've been super kind to us. Thank you so much for your time. Anything you want to promote or let people know that's coming out? More music? We're, we keep planting that seed. Any more Bollywood movies? <laughs> no, a uh, few little things on the go at the moment. But, uh, yeah, look, lo- life's good. And uh, I'm just trying to be the best father and the best, um, best husband that I can be. And they're, they're two challenging things that is always on the go but just time time for everyone is probably the hardest thing time is the most valuable so thank you so much brett for your time today thanks really Jen. appreciate it pleasure